The NHL regular season is about two weeks away, and it is a Tuesday, which means that we are kicking off this season's look at the Atlantic Division Power Rankings on today's episode of Locked On Boston Bruins. Your Locked On Bruins, your daily podcast on the Boston Bruins, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, Bruins fans, and welcome back to the Locked On Boston Bruins podcast. I'm your host, Ian McLaren, and this is a daily show where we discuss all things spoke to beat. Today is Tuesday, September 26th, and I want to thank you so much for making Locked On Bruins part of your day every single day. It's free and available in your favorite podcast app on YouTube, so please do visit both of those places search up Locked On Boston Bruins and hit that subscribe button so that you do not miss a thing. If you're on social media, you can find the podcast at Locked NHL Bruins, and you can find me, my dad jokes, and hockey thoughts at Ian C. McLaren. The Bruins are in action tonight in Buffalo. They'll be taking on the Sabres in a preseason game after beating the New York Rangers. 3-0 on Sunday. It's a game I discussed on yesterday's podcast. Coming up later on today, we will discuss who will be in the lineup for the Bruins tonight. But longtime listeners of the podcast will know that Tuesdays are power ranking days here on the podcast where I look at the Atlantic Division and uh, rank the teams. Coming into this season, the Atlantic is unique in that you could say that there are no rebuilding teams in in the mix now there are teams that are certainly building towards better days but there's no team that is on track to be kind of actively tanking or projected to be among the worst of the worst teams in the NHL this season. That would be, I would say, Philadelphia. Uh, Columbus is down there in the Metro. In the Central Division, you have the Blackhawks, despite having Connor Bedard and adding Taylor Hall, Nick Foligno in net on D depth-wise. They're still going to be pretty bad. And then in the Pacific, you have... The San Jose Sharks, who will probably be the worst team in the NHL this season. Anaheim also is not going to be very good. So each division, other than the Atlantic, has a team that you could say, yeah, they're going to be in line to get the number one overall pick. Now, there are some teams here that we know probably won't be great, and we'll start at the very bottom, I expect the Montreal Canadiens to still be in eighth place. Again, they're not actively rebuilding. They're not tearing down. They have some great pieces in place. You know, Nick Suzuki, Cole Caulfield, Juraj Slavkovsky, who should take a step forward this season. Uh, but they're still, you know, Mike Matheson is right now their number one defenseman. Still have Jake Allen and Sam Montembeau in net. Still a couple years away from being, you know, a playoff 
pushing team. Among the other three teams that finished in the bottom four last year, the Buffalo Sabres, Ottawa Senators, Detroit Red Wings. Of those three, I'd probably say Detroit, still a bit uh, behind in terms of their building towards playoff contention. Again, they still have some really good pieces. Dylan Larkin, they added Alex Debrinkit. They got really weird in free agency and added Shane Gostisbehere. They have a decent goalie in Billy Huso, some good young pieces, Moritz Sider, Lucas Raymond. But is it enough to challenge the top four teams or jump over Ottawa and Buffalo? I mean, probably not. So I would still put Montreal and Detroit in uh, 7th and 8th, respectively, this season. This is where it gets a bit more interesting. The Ottawa Senators finished only 6 points back of the Florida Panthers last year, and the Buffalo Sabres finished a single point back. Florida's record was 42-32-8. The Sabres finished at 42-33-7. and seven. 561 point percentage for the Panthers, 555 for the Sabres. When it comes to Ottawa Senators, they lost Alex Dabrinkit, but they added um, Vladimir Tarasenko. They have a full season of Jacob Chikrin playing alongside Thomas Shabbat. They added Eunice Corpusalo. You could question whether or not they perhaps overcommitted there, five years, $20 million for a guy who hasn't really carried the load. Anton Forsberg still there as the backup. Uh, One area that's a big question mark is the health of center Josh Norris. Can he come back and be a top flight center for this team? So many good pieces there. The future is so bright with Tim Stutzla, Brady Kachuk. I mentioned the blue liners. But is it enough in net on defense to get the job done? Can they overtake the Sabres? And can either of them overtake the top four? Sabres, probably a bit closer. Again, they have all the offense in the world, literally finishing um, just nine goals behind the Boston Bruins who were second in the NHL last season. Just all-world offense, but their defense, questionable. And their goaltending, Devin Levi, is in there. But as a rookie, can you expect him to carry this team to the playoffs? Will Uka, Pekka, Lukonen still be a top flight goalie, or no, not even still be a top flight goalie, but emerge as one. Can they rely on Eric Comrie? They did add Connor Clifton and Eric Johnson on the back end. Still a bit thin back there, despite having Rasmus Dahlin and Owen Power. You're relying on Matias Samuelson, Henry, Joki Harju, Jacob Bryson, Riley Stillman. Defensively, I don't know if the Sabres have done enough to get into the playoffs. Now, the Panthers have some issues that we'll discuss 
coming up after the break. But when it comes to the Senators and Sabres, it's going to be a battle for either of those teams to overtake one of the top four. Maybe Ottawa is a bit better because they have more established goaltending, probably a deeper blue line with Shabbat, Chikrin, Zub, Branstrom, Hamannick, Sanderson, Jacob Bernard-Docker. They need to get Shane Pinto re-signed. And also, again, there's some questions about Josh Norris's health. So as of right now, still probably putting those four teams in the bottom four. But there are some question marks with regards to the Florida Panthers, not dissimilar to what our Boston Bruins faced at the beginning of last season in terms of injuries coming into training camp. And uh, we will discuss the Florida Panthers coming up here after the break. The NFL schedule is in full swing and you can snap into the action this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a minimum $5 bet. That's $200 in bonus bets, win or lose on that $5 bet. So if you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is so easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options like spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. All you have to do is visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and kick off your NFL season with FanDuel, the official betting partner of the NFL. That is FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. Make a $5 bet and you'll get $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. Thank you so much once again for making Locked On Bruins part of your day, free and available on your favorite podcast app and on YouTube. On tomorrow's episode, we will, of course, recap tonight's game against the Buffalo Sabres. And uh, on uh, Monday, I debuted a new way that we're recapping games this year, looking at the three stars can be from either team, win or lose for the Bruins, and uh, we'll break down the game looking at who stepped up, who struggled, and basically why the Bruins won or lost. We're continuing our Atlantic Division power rankings here. And again, looking at the Atlantic Division, it's hard to see any of the top four teams dropping out, although there are question marks with respect to our Boston Bruins, which we'll touch on here in a moment, as well as the Florida Panthers, who will begin the season with a couple of pretty significant injuries on the blue line. Uh, Aaron Ekblad and Brandon Montour, LTIR candidates after uh, getting injured and sidelined to begin training camp and the beginning of the regular season. Those two guys are you know, their best two defensemen. They have Gustav Forsling, uh, but not much afterwards. They're going to be relying on Oliver Ekman Larson, who assigned to a cheap one-year deal. They're going to be relying on Mike Riley, who we know a lot about. They're going to be relying on Dmitry Kulikov, Josh Mahura. It could be a bit of a struggle for the Panthers out of the gate. 
Sergey Bobrovsky, of course, stepped up in the playoffs, but he hasn't been super solid over the last several regular seasons. He had a regular season save percentage of 901 last year, 913 the year before, which was pretty good. But in 2021, it was 906, 900 in 2019-20. So he could regress from that playoff mark. Spencer Knight is back and could pick up some of the slack there. But defensively, the Panthers could really struggle out of the gate and it could put them behind. Now, we said that about the Bruins last year, being without McAvoy and Marchand. They were able to not just tread water, but go ahead swimmingly. We'll see if the Panthers can do the same. With respect to our Boston Bruins, who I'm going to put in third at the moment, there's obviously still question marks there. Can Pavel Zaka and Charlie Coyle carry the load down the middle? Can they be reliable two-way centers over the course of an 82-game season? We'd like to think so. There's a small sample size that tells us yes during the first four games of that series against the Florida Panthers, but that's a lot different than a full 82-game season. And that could be the Bruins' downfall this season and could be the reason why they might fall out of the top four and even out of the playoff picture. I don't expect that to happen. I still expect them to be at least a wild card team. But I think you can safely say Toronto and Tampa will be the top two teams in the Atlantic this season. But that's not to say these teams aren't without question marks as well. Currently, they are both the top two spending teams in the NHL. The Maple Leafs have to put somebody on LTIR, Matt Murray, Jake Muzzin, the likely candidates there to free up a bunch of cap space. A very top-heavy team, we know. Austin Matthews, Mitch Marner, William Nylander, John Tavares, not the player he once was, making $11 million. They brought in Tyler Bertuzzi. Max Domi to add some scoring and grit, but not especially deep up front. Otherwise, they're going to be relying on John Klingberg, who they signed this offseason, uh, Ilya Samsonov, Martin Jones, Joseph Wall, and Nett. It's a very, again, high-end, talented team, but there are some question marks in terms of forward depth, and defensively as well. And the same can be said of the Tampa Bay Lightning. They've lost a few players in recent years. Andre Palat, Alex Killorn, Steven Stamkos is without a contract for next year, and that has already been a big storyline in training camp. Still relying on Nikita Kucherov, Braden Point, Victor Hedman slowing down a bit. Mikhail Sergachev has overtaken him, I think, on the depth chart. Uh, they're relying on Anthony Sorelli, who's starting a $6.25 million contract. Uh, invested in Brandon Hagel, Nick Paul, Tanner Janot, Connor Sheary. These are guys that are going to have to step up for the uh, Tampa Bay Lightning this season. And if Andre, Andre Vasilevsky falters at all, they have Jonas Johansson as their backup. So, again... All of these teams have 
exceptional talent, but there are some question marks with respect to a lot of them. They're not flawless teams. The Bruins, I think, still have enough in net and on defense to get by. Uh, if any team is going to fall out, it could be the Florida Panthers because of those injuries and perhaps some regression with regards to Sergei Bobrovsky, but Spencer Knight could step up there. So I guess I'm going to go Toronto, Tampa, Boston. We'll keep Florida in there in the top four just out of respect for what they were able to do last season, but they did lose a couple big defensemen uh, along the way. So you could easily put Buffalo or Ottawa ahead of them with Montreal and Detroit. Detroit, Montreal, 7th and 8th here still in the Atlantic Division. Let me know what you think. Am I off base here? Hit me up in the comments on YouTube. Drop me a line at ENC McLaren. And uh, the Atlantic Division is going to be a fascinating uh, one to watch here this season. Coming up after the break, we'll take a look at Boston's lineup for tonight's game against the Buffalo Sabres. All right, the Bruins are in Buffalo tonight to take on the Sabres in preseason action. That game will take place at 7 p.m., I believe, and I will be very interested to see Who's able to step up here tonight with uh, a very interesting lineup being deployed by head coach Jim Montgomery? It's a lot of guys who are in the mix to play in the bottom six this season up front. You have John Beecher, who played very well the other night against the New York Rangers and had that goal on Jonathan Quick, very strong in the faceoffs. He has an early leg up on fourth line center duties. You have uh, Danton Heinen and Alex Chason, who are both playing on professional tryouts, so they're looking to earn contracts. Jesper Bokvist, who was brought in on a one-year deal, looking to carve out his spot in the lineup. Uh, Milan Lucic, Jacob Lauko, who could very much be John Beecher's wingers on the fourth line come opening night. And then some AHL guys who are looking to show that they're ready to take the next step and be regulars in the NHL lineup this year. Your Mark McLaughlin, Georgie Merkulov, Oscar Steen, Luke Toporowski, uh, John Farinacci among them. Trevor Kuntar, another young guy looking to get in there as well. And Jason Megna, who signed a one-year two-way deal. They round out the forward group. On defense, you have Brandon Carlo, Matt Grizzlick in the lineup. Those are your only regulars that you can count on being in the top four. They'll be surrounded by Frederick Brunet, Jackson Edward, Ryan Mast, Ian Mitchell, and Mason Lorai. So a couple of young guys in there, and Lorai and Mast and Edward. Uh, Mast and Edward played in the OHL last season. Mason Lorai, of course, in college, looking to make the jump to the pro level this year. In net, you'll have Michael DiPietro and Kyle Kieser. We'll see uh, if that is a bit of a split situation there in net for Jim Montgomery after Brandon Bussey played the whole 60 minutes against the Rangers the other night. 
So really, there's probably, I don't know, three guys, maybe four, in Lauko, Lucic, Carlo, and Grizzlick, who we can say will be on the Bruins roster come opening night. And Lauko, he might even be a bit of a question mark if some of these other guys could step up. I'd say Beecher's in there as well. So that's say five of the 21 guys in the lineup tonight. So that leaves it way open for guys to come out, impress. There's a lot of physicality in this lineup, a lot of defensive responsibility. Who's going to score the goals? Who's going to step up? That's a big question heading into tonight's game. And it could go a long way towards cementing a spot in the opening night lineup. Don't forget, there's only, I believe, six preseason games. Uh, We'll probably see some cuts coming up after this one. The next game is scheduled for uh, September 29th, which is Friday night against the Philadelphia Flyers. Then they play um, Philadelphia again on Monday, the Capitals on Tuesday, the Rangers again next Thursday. And that is it for the preseason schedule. Like I said the other day, this training camp preseason, probably more fascinating to me than any that I can remember in recent history anyways, because of roster uncertainty, a lot of open spots. So these preseason games mean something, not in terms of the standings, but for the players on the ice. And there's real competition here for spots in the bottom six. Who's going to play with Trent Frederick, Morgan Geeky? Who's going to play on the fourth line? Who'll be the 13th forward? Who'll be the seventh defenseman? Really interesting battles shaping up here. Can Heinen and Shason earn contracts is a big question. So a lot to watch in tonight's game against the Sabres. And I'll be all over it on tomorrow's podcast with my three stars recap. uh, Talking about the guys who stepped up, who may have struggled. And I believe the Sabres will be deploying some of the big guys. Tage Thompson will be in there, I know for sure. So um, defensively, some guys will need to step up as well to hold him off. He could very well score 50 goals this coming season. That's it for today's episode, my friends. Thank you so much for tuning in to Locked On Boston Bruins. Take care of yourselves. Take care of each other. And we'll talk to you again here tomorrow. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your favorite team every single day.